Welcome to The Swifterhood, a podcast all about Taylor Swift's lyrical genius. Whether you've known from her debut album that she's had a place in this world or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song lyric by lyric. Hello, Juliana. Hello. Welcome to The Swifterhood. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I wanted to start out with a little bit of your connection to the show, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool for the listeners. Our logo design for the podcast, you know, it's supposed to represent me and Morgan as folklore evermore type thing, was designed by Juliana. Yes, I was so happy to do it. And it came out beautifully. You actually, you hand wrote the letters on it didn't you yes i did thank you it was really fun to do because i got to copy her handwriting well taylor swift's handwriting obviously (laughs) from the debut album yes from the debut album it's pretty cool and also for the listener i have her portfolio linked in i know it's at least in the first episode and should be on the website as well if you want to check out more of her work yes thank you you're a um young artist on the rise yes hopefully (laughs) everything goes as planned art school yes going well yes it has been so fun i love it and you have a strong connection with music you play cello yes i play cello and um i'm very into singing too that's kind of how i became obsessed with taylor swift um and later lord so yes i've always been an arts person for sure how long have you been a fan of lord i started listening to lord the day her very first album came out my dad and i were in the car and he was listening to new music friday on apple music Well, I guess at the time it was iTunes (laughs) and I was immediately obsessed with her and my dad put it on my iPod Nano (laughs) and I listened to it every single day on the bus. Um, And just from there, I kept listening because she's only a few years older than me. So I felt like I've kind of grown into every single one of her albums just over time. So yeah, I just love her so much. And is she your favorite artist? She definitely was my favorite artist for a long time. I mean, I love Taylor Swift, and I'm loyal to Taylor Swift, but I love Lord a lot, too. Yeah, I can't really decide the order of my favorite artists after number one, because number one is easy. It's like, well, duh. Exactly. Taylor. And after that, I think, like, Halsey, Lord, Casey Musgraves. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to pick an order of those Yes. Do you listen to Casey Musgraves? I do listen to Casey Musgraves, yes. And she obviously, has a new album I love Harry Styles too. And I'm very excited for Casey Musgraves' album. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I meant to mention that too. Yes, you're really into Harry Styles. Like, yes. really into Harry Styles. <laughs> I was a diehard One Direction fan um, at the same time that I was a Swifty. So I became obsessed with him when he was dating Taylor Swift and kind of from there. I'm still a fan. That's of so Harry funny. Styles. I didn't really care about Harry Styles when they were dating. I was like, oh, fine. And then after Fine Line came out mm-hmm. is when I started to really fall for him. Yes. I yes. was like, this is the most beautiful man. He really is. <laughs> I think it's yeah. his fluidity that is, it's just like that British yes. rock, yes, effeminate. It's like, his confidence, I think. Yeah. With 
doing whatever he wants, dressing however he wants. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's attractive to women because it means they're not like a toxic man. (laughs) Yes. No, I think that is what's so attractive about him, too. Yeah. Are you going to his... Are you able to... What happened with your tickets? I am going to see him in October. Um, So it's about a month away. I'm so excited because we bought these tickets in summer of 2019. So um, it's been two long years, but... (laughs) Oh, COVID. Yes. And you're going to see Lord as well? Yes, I am seeing Lord in April. So I can't wait because I have just loved her from day one. So, yeah. And it's going to be like, instead of a big show, this one is going to be more like a private kind of small venue concert. Yes, it is going to be at like a smaller venue. She basically said that she wanted this whole tour to just feel like dancing in your backyard, like dancing under fairy lights and feeling so happy and carefree. And she wanted it to be more intimate with the audiences. So she's not doing big arenas and stadiums. So I think it's going to be really exciting. And I think it fits the tone of this album so well. Yeah, it that has very lover fest vibes, doesn't it? Yes, for sure. I mean, she's obviously influenced by Taylor Swift and they influence each other. So yeah, I see a lot of parallels between the nature themes of folklore evermore the organic feels Mm -hmm. and then this album is sort of nature as a way of healing yes yeah lord described it as like her flower child era um and she said that she feels like harry styles is also in the same era and i think that taylor swift's like flower child era has just sort of ended recently so yeah Ooh, what do you mean it's ended recently you so for taylor swift do you think her next album would be totally different? I feel like it will be. I know a lot of people think that it'll be a trilogy um, and there'll be like a third that's very similar to Dumb people like me. Woodvale? (laughs) Yes. No, I was a Woodvale um, believer for a long time. Yes. No, but I'm I'm not sure. I feel like it maybe it's going to be a new era. I don't know. I think if she made another album, it would be rock. I don't remember if I've already said this, so my apologies, Swifterhood, if (laughs) you've heard this before. That would be so exciting. I just feel like she's so good at reinventing herself for every era, and I think that Lord has really done that this time around, Mm. so I definitely see that similarity between them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what do you think about this album as compared to the first two? I think that Pure Heroine, um, I really like grew into it. Like I started to relate to it three or four years after it came out. And I feel like I was the same with melodrama. Like I'm really in my melodrama era. Like I'm the same age that Lord was when she released it and was writing it. So I feel like this album in a way is like my older self talking to me right now. Mm. Um, so I feel like Right now, I'm just loving melodrama so much, but of course, I love this album as well, and I feel like in a few years, I'm really going to be able to relate strongly to this album, and I'm going to just love it, so. Interesting, because you know, obviously, I'm older. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I feel differently about this album. Like, I Mm -hmm. feel like Lord is finally catching up to some of the sentiments that I started having several years ago. Right. If that makes sense. And I think Taylor Swift is kind of the same way. Like, I, in high school, I related so heavily to, like, 1989 and Red. Like, I just really felt those eras and, like, Speak Now and 
like the kind of dramatic youth that you also see like in melodrama with Lord. I mean, it's so, called melodrama. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I do feel like I'm going to kind of grow into like solar power the same way I am right now with like folklore and evermore, which are mm-hmm. such mature albums. So yeah, yeah. I absolutely love this album. Yes. I think it is phenomenal. I love all of her albums, but I feel like lyrically everything was perfect on pure heroin. Like it was so perfectly worded. I love that album so much. Melodrama, I liked a little less, I think, than pure heroin, but I also liked it for different reasons. And it was a bit a bit more experimental than her first album, but not much. But this one just feels so fresh and organic, but still true to her own sound. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. She told Zane Lowe um, for the Apple Music interview that she really just wanted it to be raw and messy um, and feel carefree when you're listening to it. And I really think it does. Like, I think because she used Mm. so much electronic sounds for pure heroin and melodrama that this one just feels like it like flowed right out of her and she couldn't stop writing and it just feels like less prepared than the other albums. Yeah, I yeah. Guess, less in a like way. every perfect word fits into place. This one is yes. more like like you said, I guess, it flowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to describe like the feeling that you get when you listen to it, but I think also like with melodrama, because it had the electronic sounds, every song felt so unique and like mm-hmm. strange. It was a little bit more experimental. It had really odd sounds in it. Mm-hmm. And because all of this album has like an acoustic nature to it, um, that they all kind of blend together a little yeah, bit more seamlessly. Yeah. It's much more cohesive. I wanted to to note that as well. I feel like it all flows together as one sound experience which i also think is a shift in music in general i feel like artists overall are trying to give you a complete experience like even with the new halsey album which yes i'll hopefully do a bonus episode about as well but like it's meant to be an experience from beginning to end and definitely like with folklore and evermore you get that but i feel like albums before weren't really like that and there was more room for songs to be totally different You're so right about melodrama, though. And maybe that's why it was hard sometimes for me to get into. I would get into a handful of songs at a time. But because there was a lot of differing sounds on there, it depended on what mood I was in. Excuse me. For sure. When I wanted to listen to which song, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to note that Lord has synesthesia. Yes, I heard about that. So if you don't know what synesthesia is, it's basically when someone hears music, if they can see colors, shapes, um, images, words appear, sometimes even smells. That one sounds really interesting. (laughs) So she's talked about, and you can just Google it and read the interview where she talks about having synesthesia. And a lot of other artists have it too. And they say that it really helps them write because they can't imagine not having those experiences and helping it you know come together but what i think is so cool about her is that at one point i must have been like a youtube video or something i heard her say that she wanted 
her albums to kind of be in the same shades of colors. Yes, I did hear that. I think that's the colors of, is it the colors of the album covers? Because Pure Heroin is black. Yes, I do know that she said she wanted solar power to feel like very golden. Mm. um, And that every song that she wrote, um, if it didn't like feel golden, then it wasn't right, which I think is very interesting. I don't know the specific colors for melodrama. But I do agree this album feels so golden. Like, even though I don't have synesthesia. Yeah, so golden. Yes, like, I understand that. And even the way she compared herself to Harry Styles, like, it makes sense. They're kind of both thinking the same thoughts. Yeah. Oh, Sunflower. Ugh, love that song. Yes, that would fit so well with this album. It would, it would. Those could go together really well on a playlist. Mm -hmm. I think Melodrama was green and blue. I feel like I remember her saying those were the colors. And I did... I did just recently read, um, I reread that article about her synesthesia where she said that originally one of the songs on Pure Heroin started as like black or tan and that she kept working on it until she wrote the chorus and then it became green. Wow. Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting to think about that she can just see what she writes. It seems like magic. I know it's yes. just neuroscience, but I kind of want to have synesthesia. That I feel like so cool. Lord is magical. So, <laughs> yeah, she is. She is magical. I agree with you. Okay, so do we want to get into the song? Yes, of course. Yay! Uh oh, oh yeah. I was also gonna say I love listening to this album when I'm outside. Oh, for sure. I listened to this whole album. I was doing a chalk drawing competition. Um, oh my God, I saw those pictures. That was incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Um, At the beach and I was sitting on the boardwalk and I was just listening to Solar Power over and over and over, like staring at the ocean. And the whole project took me about like seven hours. And it was the best soundtrack I possibly could have had for the beach. It was just perfect. So, And she said it was designed to be listened to in nature. Like she wanted people to go outside and really experience it. That's (laughs) yeah, what I've been doing. I listened to it today when I was biking. It's not a good one for running, too. No. But <laughs> <laughs> Reputation is better for running. <gasps> oh, my God. I can't believe you just said that. That is my favorite album for running. It's so good. I feel like Lover is a good one to run to, too. Yes, for sure. Uh, all right. So overall, I think this album she had talked about, because, you know, if you do the like, do you use Spotify or Apple Music? Spotify. OK, because this changes people's experience. It does. It really does. Um, I use Spotify myself and on Spotify, you know how it has those little notes about the songs. Yes. I have written down quite a few of them, but overall she was trying to go for this like new age healing culture, spiritual culture and like cult. Yeah. She's referenced so many crystals and, um, like in mood ring when she says sun salutations and yeah, yeah, you can definitely feel sage and all that kind of stuff. Yes. I feel like this is the perfect album for me right now because I've been really trying to work on meditating and inner peace. <laughs> yes, I, I do think she really is. It's definitely like a meditative album. And I feel like maybe the process for her, the way that she's described it was meditative and mm. she was just sort of letting it all out. Mm, that makes sense. It's the product of what she was going through. Isn't it weird, though, when you feel like an artist makes an album that's like right on point with what 
you're experiencing and it's like how did they know yes it's so scary i felt like that with taylor swift so many times Mm. yeah i really feel that way with lord all right so getting on into the path uh the thing i was reading earlier and i was like wait wait i can't tell you before we started (laughs) you know she starts the song the path off with born in the year of oxycontin yes 1996 is when oxycontin was produced and it's also a reference to heroin like the album title wow which is a beautiful album title because of the double entendre you know yes i love it oh wow so i just thought that was really clever immediately off the bat she said it's one of the first songs i wrote um and that she wrote it alone in new zealand and she wanted it to feel like i guess saying hello again to the fans to the listeners like long time no see how how are you doing i think that's such a good way to describe it i think um i started listening to this album before i went to work very early in the morning at like 4 30 a.m oh wow and (laughs) when i first heard those like acapella vocals in the background it just felt like the nicest warm sound to like wake up to and experience yeah so the path i mean the whole song is about it's setting the tone of the album obviously yes and it's about the sun will keep us on the right path and we don't really know like what's happening in the world but hopefully the earth can guide us back yeah i really i especially like the bridge from this song where it kind of changes tones a little bit and she's looking back on her fame um, and just sort of trying to forge her own path i think it sort of starts a new story for her because to pick off where like perfect places left off and to Mm -hmm. start with this like i'm just sort of going with the flow i don't know what i want it's really a new era for lord it's very different from what we've heard before yeah i didn't think about it like that i love that this is why i love talking to people about music yes (laughs) because i'm thinking of it as the path like very honestly i tend to think pretty literally and i'm seeing like the path as earth and her journey back towards earth and nature and all of us like you know there's all these themes about climate change on the album and so she's saying like let the nature guide us back but your your interpretation of that being about her new path and her new album is beautiful yeah i really think she is sort of like closing off her youth a little bit and sort of just starting this whole new experience and i think one of my favorite Uh, lyrics from this song is um, when she says we're all broken inside where are the dreams that we had which is so profoundly sad when you hear it and everyone was saying with this album like oh i miss sad lord and things like that but i think it's just really shown that she can still have these really like reflective lyrics but have a new tone to it because this song Mm. doesn't feel incredibly sad but No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I love those lyrics. That feels like very new romantics to me. Like, please take my hand and leave me stranded. It's so romantic. I feel like that's something of your generation more. Like, for sure. Explain that. The. I think 1989, (laughs) yes, really describes like. I think my generation's feeling of just like this 
sadness, but like we're going to face the pain together and sort mm-hmm. of romanticizing that, which Lord has obviously done a lot, especially in melodrama. So yeah, I think this is just putting a new tone on that. Yeah, because they say honestly, and and she's close, I guess, hmm, is she closer to you in age? How old is Lord? Um, I think she's 24. Okay, so she's like kind of in the middle of us. Yes. Uh, it seems to encapsulate what you're saying about how the burden is on this generation. And I don't want to say that millennials or people older than that have no responsibility or have done nothing, but like... <laughs> It, it really does feel like it's up to you and the climate cl- crisis is real and it's scary and i think it's interesting that in this album she's able to capture that but also the personal growth that she's faced since the last album mm-hmm. i think it's hilarious that she says won't take the call if it's the label or the radio yes <laughs> and then submitted this to her label <laughs> i feel like so much in this album she just disses her fame like yeah she just talks about how like everything is gonna fade away and like your fame won't matter especially in like california so i think mm-hmm. um that's a really interesting thing is how much she's like kind of hating on her fame and it's a fine line <laughs> to quote harry <laughs> to do that because you just seem like a privileged asshole if you do that poorly right and i know think I mean? she's done it so well mm-hmm. yeah but to put that line in there that won't take the call if it's the label or the radio is so funny to me that she did that and it reminds me of olivia rodrigo being like because who am i if not exploited Yes. Yeah. It's very raw and like real. And you don't often hear famous people write about their fame in a way that like non-famous people like us can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really feel like I understand where she's coming from now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This feels like, I mean, the whole thing, I guess it's music in general. It feels like a diary. You know, you're reading pages off her diary, but uh <laughs> Then another thing I think is hilarious is that she says, now, if you're looking for a savior, that's not me. And then in the very next song, Solar Power, she says, I'm kind of like a prettier Jesus. Yes, <laughs> she's very confident. But I, I, well, that line is adorable, but I think that's more a reference to the cultish feel she was trying to generate in the yes, album definitely. and less literal. But her name is literally Lord. Her, exactly. Well, I mean, it's not her name name. You know what I mean? Yes. So for her to be like, you're if you're looking for a savior, that's not me is pretty funny when that's what <laughs> she's titled herself. And there's some contradictions there. But I think that's reflective, I guess, of her knowing that a lot of people look up to her and she sees her own flaws. Yes, that's a great way to put it. So you want to move on to solar power yes solar power this is is this the first one you heard because it was a single yes this was the first one that i heard and i have to admit i was skeptical at first but it really like just grew on me and i love it so much now yeah i love this song a lot it has she has talked about it on spotify and said that it has organic instrumentals which are totally different for her which is sort of what you were saying and that Matt Chamberlain was the drummer on there and she was really excited to have him because he did a lot of songs that she grew up with in the 90s. 
Yes, I did hear her talk about that. And it's just interesting that now she's had to force herself to kind of pick up acoustic instruments. And like, you really never heard her ever use an acoustic guitar on any of her other albums. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just... And if you were hearing it, it was like heavily manipulated by like the electronic sounds. So I think it's really exciting that she's pushing herself so much to try this new sound. Right, like... I guess I didn't even know she played instruments. Yeah, I've never seen her play an instrument, really. But she talks about, in the songwriting process, using the piano. So I think in a lot of those electronic songs, she probably does start with piano chords and take it from there. Yes, I would guess so. And she said that she plays acoustic guitar, but she used to hate it so much and she wouldn't even pick one up. And then you can hear so much of this album features acoustic guitar, which is kind of a full circle moment for her. Yeah, and it's growth. Interesting. (sighs) Well, can we agree that the best line of this is either... I mean... There's two, right? I'm kind of like a prettier Jesus or my cheeks in high color overripe peaches. I really, I wrote down both of those lyrics. Those are the exact lyrics I wrote down. It's quite cheeky, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. I love that like, I guess, cockiness or like confidence. Yeah, we've really never seen like a playful like joking side of lord before Mm -hmm. which is we've seen confidence yes for sure but never this like lightheartedness and you can say that it's adorable and i don't think you can say that about any other song really that lord has written so yeah even just the fact that she has the album cover as a picture of that one of her friends took as she was jumping over them with her ass on it like (laughs) i was shocked when i saw that i was like this can't be real because she doesn't have social media or anything and so when i was seeing the album announcements and like i didn't realize until jack antonoff posted it that it was actually real because she's never been on one of her album covers i mean melodrama was a painting of her so Mm -hmm. i just didn't even believe it that she was so confident and it looks amazing but yeah yeah her overripe peaches (laughs) Do you have any other thoughts on solar power? One of my favorite lyrics also is, can you reach me? No, you can't, Mm -hmm. Um, which was like a viral TikTok sound. But I just love that idea of like throwing her phone into the ocean and just existing (laughs) in nature. Yeah. Yeah. We need to do more of that. I feel like, like I'm saying, it just came at such a good time because that was me this summer. It was like, I want to be outside as much as I possibly can like i was spending entire days outside yeah i was too oh and i think also something about this track is that she had phoebe bridgers and clara in the background vocals and she said that she had never had anyone else feature or like assist her with her um music before and so she finally just felt like when she made this she wasn't alone anymore um which i think is just such a nice sentiment (laughs) to think about yes it really is i love that so much and those two are wonderful wonderful musicians yes i love them so much i just listened to so probably my favorite podcast besides the swifterhood is comedy bang bang 
I know the listeners are probably like, oh yeah, Gilmore Guys. No, I'm, Gilmore Guys is kind of recent for me. I've been listening to Comedy Bang Bang for years and years and years. It's a podcast and then it was a TV show and then a podcast and it's improv comedy. So they bring guests on and they pretend to be characters, you know, and it's freaking hysterical. And they just had Phoebe Bridgers on the most recent episode and her interview was pretty funny or whatever. But the rest of that episode is phenomenal. You all should go listen to it. It's not like they need my help supporting them. (laughs) Millions and millions. It's so funny, though. But uh that at the end of the year they do like the best ofs and you can vote on the best episodes and definitely voting for that episode because it's freaking hysterical ego wodum is on it do you know her from snl oh yes i do she's hysterical every episode she's on is like she's entree p newer and as one of her characters That's funny. and in this one she's uh uh pasta pasta like <laughs> pastor pot pastor pastor pasta Pasta, pasta. Uh, I love Phoebe Bridger so much. So I'm she just, smashed that guitar. Yes, she did, and I love that she and Lord like maybe would collab in the future. And we're getting a Phoebe Bridgers and Taylor Swift song, which is so exciting. Really exciting. I haven't listened to a ton of her music, to be honest. Neither of Claro. Like I listened to Claro definitely, but not all of their stuff either yeah. of them. Phoebe Bridgers definitely like echoes Lord in a way like the way they both write about such tiny little things in life and make them seem like very significant. I understand why mm. she really wanted to bring her onto this album. Mm. Well, Phoebe seems really cool just from me listening to that interview on the podcast. All right, California time. Yeah. I mean, that's not the song title, but <laughs> well, <laughs> time to talk about no. California. <laughs> I really like this one so much. I think it's definitely in my top three, Ooh. which I wouldn't have said the first time I listened to it. But right now, I guess I'm just really in the mood to listen to it recently. Because mm-hmm. um, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, I can't relate to this. I'm not I don't live in California. I'm not a famous person. I haven't like seen the terrible side of Hollywood or L.A. But now I just when I listen to the lyrics, I really understand her like desire to sort of let go of fame and sort of say that like everything is just going to fade away with time Mm -hmm. and that eventually it won't matter. And I think my favorite lyric from it is um, when she says, it got hard to grow up with your cool hand around my neck. Mm. Um, I just think that's so raw and like real of her to admit that. Is it cool or cruel? I think it's cool. I looked it up. I've been singing cruel. That's interesting. So I feel like Dorothea could sing this song. Yes, that's a really good connection. That makes sense. Yeah, I just picture her singing this. And I also feel like this song encapsulates the reasons. I mean, not entirely the reasons, but some of the reasons why I really respect Lord, which is that. I love that she just has this career and then she'll just like go back to New Zealand and live her life and she doesn't care about trying to keep up with keeping up with the Kardashians, as one says. You yes. know what I mean? She really escapes she her, her fame in a way because mm-hmm. she avoids social media. And I do. I also respect the fact that she was able to be so honest about being so young i mean i think the artists today just keep getting younger and younger like billy eilish and olivia rodrigo but i feel like lord was the first artist that i 
saw um, besides Taylor Swift, who was like very, very young, um, especially when Royals came out. I think she was only like 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was so young. At the time, that was like a huge deal. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like really only Taylor Swift had been like that young. And even Taylor Swift, I feel like she was probably more like 17, 18, 19 when she really started to get like super famous. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like Lord was thrown into fame so fast just Mm -hmm. from like having royals blow up in America. Getting royalties on royals. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Lols. Oh, I can't stop it with the puns today. (laughs) No. I mean, I'm not surprised. The double entendre. (laughs) So I I also just like that that song starts with once upon a time because it feels very Taylor to me oh yes for sure I didn't even think about the fact that it started with once upon a time but yeah and I really just like how that one sounds it feels very like swaying in the grass yes I love the outro at the end where it just has the guitar playing I could just listen to it for hours. Like, it makes me just want to stare at the sky and watch all the clouds go by. And we've never gotten that sort of just, like, acoustic guitar sound Mm -hmm. on any of her other songs. Oh, yeah. I know. I wanted to tell you earlier and forgot. This album really makes me feel... uh, Makes me feel... Makes me think of Marina's album, Love and Fear. Yeah. Have you heard that one? Um, I've heard parts of it. I haven't listened to all of it like in depth, but I definitely see where you're coming from. It has that like chill, organic, like reconnecting with nature. If you all haven't listened to it's Marina Diamandis, uh, formerly of Marina and the Diamonds, but now she's solo without the band and her work is phenomenal. She's also one of my favorites and that album is was really different for her because before she was like really electro pop and like intense and then that one really slowed it down and there's a lot of similar themes and just the feeling of like peace and swaying but also positive vibes do you get that feeling from folklore um I think I get more sadness from folklore but there are occasional moments where I feel that joy like August especially yeah yeah Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's I'm true. I do think August kind of, and um, the one in a mm-hmm. weird way, like I feel like it's kind of a summary. And seven also definitely gives me that feeling. Yeah, it gives me warm like feelings. Sweet even tea in the summer. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. So tender. All right. So stoned at the nail salon. Starts off really, really fucking strong. Got a wishbone drying on the windowsill in my kitchen, just in case I wake up and realize I've chosen wrong. Like, what? <laughs> I, yeah, when I first heard this song, I had to, like, it was one of those times where I had to listen to it, like, seven times in a row to actually listen to the lyrics and let it mm. sink in because it's so chock full of content. The same way that, like, folklore mm. was the first time I heard it, it didn't really hit me. It took a while. Yeah, this one has really stuck with me. I feel like out of all the songs on this album, I feel like I relate to this one a lot. Like, I just really understand. Because you're constantly stoned at the nail salon. (laughs) No. (laughs) But just that feeling of, like, leaving behind your childhood and that type of thing is, 
I just feel like it's very relatable and it sort of reminds me of those feelings that were in melodrama Mm -hmm. or even pure heroin. Like, I feel like weirdly this one fits in there. I don't know why. Yeah, I see what you mean. It does have, well, it's like never grow up, you know, it's that feeling of change being difficult, but knowing that you need to accept it and Mm -hmm. it's coming your way regardless. And you're sort of, I guess, ambivalent to wanting to grow and move on. I feel like this is where I was a couple years ago. I'm not saying I'm like totally grown and never gonna, <laughs> right, never gonna change again. But I, I felt like, oh yeah, this is sort of that mid twenties feeling for me. But for you, I see how you relate to it as well of like going off on your own. And- yes. For me, it was definitely like a going to college, sort of leaving everything behind feeling, especially when she says all of the music you loved at 16, you'll grow out of. And mm-hmm. It's for something about that except line, Taylor Swift except Taylor Swift obviously <laughs> something about that line just really hit me like mm-hmm. the things and people that influence you so much when you're 16 like aren't really going to hit you the same way that they used to like now I love pure heroin of course but it doesn't feel like as raw and just mm. like oh she really really gets me like it did when I was you know 15 so right right it has major millennial on TikTok vibes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so Fallen Fruit. I love this one. This is one of my favorites. It's so well produced. Like, just the music. And I I mean, I assume Jack Antonoff did this one as well. I don't know all the specifics of it. I think it, he did but the whole album. Yeah, I thought that he did the whole album. But he has definitely done it again like he never misses um and just like the transitions in this song from sort of just like the acapella in the beginning to this like sensual like foreboding kind of guitar solo in the middle i just really love it the way it was arranged yeah oh my god so i love 60s 70s music which Swifterhood on Twitter knows I've been freaking out and like I just told you ABBA is releasing this new album after 40 years yes absolutely crazy and uh I grew up listening to 70s I guess 60s and 70s mostly 70s music with my dad and just the imagery of this song alone kills me not only is it so enchanting like it feels like a spell has been cast on you and you went back in time but it's also so freaking catchy. It is very catchy. For some reason, this song is not in my favorites, but it gets stuck in my head constantly. Oh my God. I could listen to this, I think, on repeat for an entire day and just like have it as people are talking to me. And in my head, I'd just be like, we will walk together. No, it's, I have listened to this song. I've really only listened to this album when I've been making art and stuff. And so my brain is sort of like just empty of thoughts and I will listen to it on repeat and I'll realize Mm. I've listened to it like four or five times because it's only like 40 minutes long or something. Yeah, it's pretty short. So that's interesting. Do you feel like what what music you listen to influences your art? I, that's entirely possible. I've never really thought about it. I do listen to a lot of Lord and Taylor Swift and Harry Styles when I make my art. So maybe um, 
That does influence it. I don't know. I've been like making a lot of... Like how quickly your hands are moving. Yeah, or... I don't know. My art has been very like happy and colorful lately. So maybe that's oh, from... Solar power. <laughs> Lord and Harry Styles. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. I've been listening to Fine Line and um, Solar Power so much the past month. So yeah, maybe <laughs> that is influencing it. I don't know. You said Fine Line and my brain went... Yeah, it automatically happens. <laughs> it does. So anyways, I love Fallen Fruit. Uh, the song is about talking to, she says, like our parents' generation about climate crisis and sort of what they've left us with. And I think the beeping in the background is meant to represent like time's running out. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I hadn't really... Um thought about it it really reminded me of the noise in uh glory and gore Mm. i don't know it's just (gasps) it's one of my favorite lord songs ever yes like it just really sort of reminded me of that but obviously in a very different way because um the whole tone of this song is different but i especially love the guitar solo in the middle it really reminds me of Lana Del Rey's um, like NFR album mm. because there's so much of this sort of like electric guitar that has a lot of reverb on it sort of like she from Fine Line also and there's like this sense of urgency like it's it definitely has that like cult feeling that you mentioned like it's some sort of chant or spell yeah because um, it does make you like scared about the climate crisis yeah and like trying to pick up the pieces of what was left behind for you. It's interesting that the song is so chill and peaceful and like da 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 like I'm saying yes. it like a spell cast on you and like cultish feeling and at the same time it's juxtapositioned with that beeping and urgency, you know, that contradicts yes. that feeling at the same time. Oh, I love it. My favorite lyric is like the entire chorus, you know, we will walk together. Right psychedelic garlands in our hair Ugh, so good yes i think i think this one that really adds to like the cults idea like the garlands in our hair and holding hands but i also think my favorite lyric from this one is how can i love what i know i'm gonna lose because mm. that she's not just talking to us about like oh we should take this these steps to fix the climate crisis it's kind of making it into like a relationship almost with the earth mm-hmm. um because you could say like oh how am i gonna love someone that i'm going to lose to about like a real person as well but she's right. talking about like um the state of the earth which i think is really interesting that is interesting yeah it makes me think of how i mean i sometimes worry about having kids you know right what kind of earth what are we gonna <laughs> leave behind yeah and then at the end of the day you need to just enjoy your life as marina would say from (laughs) in the love and fear album but it's that struggle of what are we passing on also did you watch umbrella academy i have not watched it but i know that you are a big fan (laughs) so good yeah well it makes me think of klaus in when he goes into like 60s 70s time and he starts a cult you need to watch that show i will watch it <laughs> okay secrets from a girl uh, i love is one of my favorites too song. is it one of your favorites i love it so much it's yeah it's probably like my number two i 
love this song so much. I mean, I knew as soon as I heard it, it was like old Lord talking to young Lord. Yeah. Um, and she said that in an interview too, but I feel like it's me from the future or even just like Lord being sort of a mentor talking to me right now. Cause I feel like I'm in the period of my life where I'm just like trying to figure out like romantic relationships and it's still sort of that like tumultuous like red album kind of feeling you know like I'm mm -hmm. not really fully an adult yet but I sort of am so. you are you just don't feel like you are right exactly <laughs> so I just love that about this song yeah and okay I'm gonna do something that you're probably not gonna like but I forgot to ask you a question about the last song oh no you can ask I'm me. so sorry listeners what is the from the Nissan to the Phantom to the plane? What do you think that means? Um, I don't know. I'm not really. Hmm. It's the one thing I can't really grapple with because I mean, it's where it's at the point in the song where it totally changes. Right. What does she say after that? Will disappear in the cover of the rain. Oh, I think she's just referencing like. Like, no matter what kind of, like, physical possessions we have here and what kind of, like, technology that we have and what we're hurting the environment with, which are, like, cars and planes and stuff, like, it's the rain is going to wash it away. Like, the climate crisis is going mm. to, like, get rid of all of that if we don't do something about it. Hmm. That's sort of how I interpreted it. Okay. Um, I don't know. Well, thank you. Thank you for answering that question. <laughs> I need course. to think about it some more, I guess, um, but... Yeah, I was just like, or have we moved into like modern time? Like the song started in the past and then like that took us into the future or. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't time really think of beeping. a timeline. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so much about a timeline. I just sort of thought about her right now talking about what past generations have left us and then um, how none of the technology we have developed is going to matter mm. once the climate crisis like mm. really takes over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So back to Seekers from a Girl. We've seen it, seen it. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it makes so much sense that you would love this song because you are a huge 15 stan. Oh, I am a huge 15 stan. Mm -hmm. I never thought about that connection, but that really makes sense. Yeah, this is Lord's version of 15. Yes. Wow. I never thought about that, but that's so true. This one is really cool because she said she took two chords from the song Ribs and reversed them. I love Ribs so much, but I would never have known that or noticed. Yeah, I know. Now I feel like I need to listen to them back to back and see if I can hear it. Yeah, well, I actually can kind of see that because it does have this very low kind of guitar in the background that plays over and over. So that makes sense. Like as far as the reference to 15 i'm jumping back Ugh, keep up with my brain okay <laughs> she literally says i couldn't wait to turn 15 then you blink and it's been 10 years yeah that line really got me and i'm not even like 25 <laughs> uh, well that one was the most relatable for me yes <laughs> but, no, and i'm older than 25 when i think about it like i guess i i loved 15 since it came out and i was much younger than 15 when fearless came out but it's definitely like one of those things sort of similar to this where I grew into it. Like now I can listen to 15 and really relate and like think about myself when I was 15 and the mm. decisions I was making. Mm -hmm. And so maybe this one is just like the next step up from that. Like, yeah. 
what do you, what tone. do you think about the advice that she gives to herself i think it's so good i think my favorite lyric from this one is you're gonna love again and when the time comes you'll fall mm. that also really reminds me of 15 i just i just love that sentiment like you're gonna love again i think that's such a positive and nice thing it's not her just being like oh, it'll be okay. You'll be fine. You'll get over it. She's just saying like, there's going to be something else around the corner. So. Right. It makes me think that we should be more aware of like in our day to day, how much the things that bother us are actually going to matter. Like if you've ever thought about it before, you can say to yourself in 10 years, am I going to care that, (laughs) you know, yes, I lost my favorite pen or regret something that I said. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like all the little yes. things that can just get to you during the day. It's like if you could write an entry to yourself from the future, would that matter? I'm really into time travel right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this album kind of does give a little bit of time travel things. But yeah, yeah, I definitely think like if I were to write a letter to my younger self the way that like Taylor wrote 15, it would sound a lot like this song that Lord wrote. Like, hmm. you're probably going to love someone else again. Like, the things that you love when you're young are not going to always last forever. And, like, it's going to be okay. You don't have to go out and party all night. You can have two drinks and then go home. Um, you don't always have to worry about, like, what boys are thinking of you. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That um, I think is just really universally relatable to a lot of young girls. And, yeah. like, older women too yeah and when she talks about turn the lights up it's a reference to melodrama and sober too and then i think there's one from uh pure heroin i just blanked on the (laughs) album title uh dancing in the world alone yes she talks about the party i loved that song so much i used to listen to it on the bus every single day it was like my favorite song ever on that album i know everyone loves ribs but no 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 that one is amazing it's so glory and gore or gore and glory glory and gore yes i used to listen to that album when i was driving when let's see was i i was in grad school and i just met gabe and I would get off work. I was working at Cato Fashions. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Part-time. I think it was summer, so I wasn't teaching because during grad school I was teaching. And I would drive up to where he lived, which was like 45 minutes or an hour. And on the way to see him, I would listen to that every single time. And so every time I listen to Pure Heroin, I'm like, oh, Gabe. Yeah, it's very nostalgic for me. It just really reminds me of... Um, I guess it came out when I was in middle school, which is crazy, but I, I don't know. It was just so important to me at the time. And I feel like this album will be the same way, like in the future when I look back on it. Yeah. So we want to move on to the man with the axe. Yeah, we can, but I want to say one last thing about it i love the voiceover at the end oh secrets from a girl yeah we didn't talk about that robin yes i think i just love it so much like when i first heard it and she says be careful your emotional baggage doesn't fall onto someone you love in melodrama when she had like 
loveless at the end of mm. hard feelings mm-hmm. i think this is sort of like a similar thing like it takes sort of a different turn at the end and you don't know where it's gonna go and it's still a little bit experimental but right it's more mature and it's <laughs> more sweet i think yeah i was we were visiting a friend the first time i was trying to listen to this through and i didn't have time to listen to every song all the way and Gabe came in the room and started trying to talk to me while I was just trying to get ready and get dressed. And I was like, wait, wait, what's happening? What's happening in this song? Who's talking? Shh, shh, be quiet. <laughs> yeah, it was such a nice surprise at the end. Ugh, it was great. Yeah, I love it. And the self-awareness there is just astounding. Chef's kiss. All right, so the man with the axe, she said she wanted it to sound like the Cocteau twins, but for the sound to be kind of bleached, which I guess means to her it would be white or gray, and that this is one of her favorites. Yes, I think this one, when I first heard it, I was, I don't know, I was a little skeptical. I was like, I don't know if I like this one that much. Like, it's so long. I don't know if I have the patience to listen to it. And then when I really looked at the lyrics, that's when I started to Mm. like it so much. And um I heard her kind of say that it's about how axes cut down trees with like no control. They just fall with, you never know which way they're going to go. They go so hard and so aggressively. And that's sort of a like metaphor for the way that she fell in love with this person that she wrote the song about. Interesting. Which was that guy who's older. Yeah, I don't know his his name. name. I don't know his name. I've seen a picture of him. I, I looked him up. I knew his name once, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Really. Yeah. I just think it's <laughs> so interesting that she sort of made this parallel between like falling in love and falling so hard and fast for someone and like a tree falling down in a forest. Yeah. I'm not currently vibing with this song, but we'll see. I'll give it some time. Yeah. It definitely. I don't hate it. I think because it's so slow and so. Like she sings so deep and so low in the song that it's it kind of has this like lullaby quality to mm-hmm. it. But I like the lyrics a lot. When she just sort of like lists off things about him, it really reminds me of Phoebe Bridgers. Like when she says mm-hmm. um, his doll's lashes and his infinite T-shirts. Um, and she says like, your favorite record was the same as my father's. I also think it's interesting that she's saying you, like she's talking directly to this person. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Mm -hmm. Is this the one where she says silver hair, the silver in your hair or something like that? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I did like that line. And I also like our shapes in the dark are the reason that I stayed for all these years. It's like, okay, Lord, I know what you mean. Yeah. And (laughs) I mean, obviously she's like, really referenced like her romance and like chaos of youth she before didn't but really i feel like not directly really in pure heroin she didn't and she was very young yeah. in melodrama she did a little bit when she talked about like moving on and being with different people and that was the first time i feel like she she did but this is like very adult relationship vibes you know i mean this is a i don't even know how much older he is than her but he's was he in like in his 30s at least like mid to late 30s or something i don't know i think i mean if he 40s? has gray hair 40s he's got to be like 40s probably, he's quite right? a bit older than her i think so yes and they were together for a couple years so it's actually kind of interesting that there aren't more songs about him on this album 
Yes. No, I think she really has this balance between like talking about climate crisis and her romantic relationships um, and also talking to her past self. I think this one is more about growth and less about relationships when melodrama mm-hmm. was like all about relationships. Yeah. So it was like she couldn't stop writing yeah. breakup and love songs. You well, know? she had been with that guy whose name I already forgot yeah. for, forever. <laughs> She's so secretive about her relationships. So. Which is good. I think it's good to protect your private life. Yes, of you course. Know? So any other thoughts on that one? Um, I don't think so. Have you listened to the Cocteau Twins? Is that a band? No, I haven't listened is, to are, them. Is this film or music? I don't know what that was. I don't I just know. Wrote that note down. Kind. All right. Well, neither of us know. <laughs> Dominoes. Love this one. I love it so much. I really do. <gasps> she recorded it with the doors open, which you can tell because you can hear like all the street sounds and stuff. Right. I didn't know if she added this city noises into it but i just imagine her sitting on like a stoop or a fire escape mm-hmm. for some reason and just playing this song just with an like acoustic guitar i think it's just such a like a lovely image that it conjures up yeah. and i think like this song is really the turning point in the album i feel like this mm. album has a couple different phases and the first one is sort of talking about growing up and like addressing climate change and then now she's onto this relationship and she just wrote a love song and now we're onto a breakup song so fast interesting i hadn't thought about it in those progressions yet um i just really like how rhythmic and pure it feels yes i agree and when she says the um the lyrics about how you had 50 different chances And you like knocked them down like dominoes. Mm -hmm. I just, it's so sad that somebody is like passing up all these chances Uh, to fix the relationship. Yeah. But it feels so lighthearted. I don't see it as sad. I see it as uh, accountability, you know, or like recognizing where you are and aren't at fault. Yes. You know, instead of blaming yourself, being like, no, (laughs) you had plenty of time to fix it and you didn't and i'm okay with that that definitely shows a lot of growth for her Mm -hmm. because i think songs like supercut and stuff are just really like blaming herself like oh i keep putting these memories on repeat in my head and feeling really bad about it so i yeah this is definitely showing a lot of growth yeah there's a lot more balance like you were saying where she is in songs talking about her flaws and she's talking about things that she's done wrong but she's also not as self-loathing as like liability, you know? Oh, yes, of course. And also giving part of the blame to other people. So it's not entirely on her. I like that. That's she's a nice grown. way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things you do when you get older. You start to hopefully, friends, swifterhood. We've talked about this before. You've heard it. Hopefully, we learn to set boundaries and to know what love we deserve. Right? They say the love you give yourself is the love you think you deserve. Yes, I think so. And I think Taylor is teaching a whole generation that too. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of, no, not speaking of teachers because we're not going into leader of a new regime. Oh, <laughs> not yet. Just kidding. Um, we're going into Big Star, which is about her dog, Pearl, before he died. She wrote it before he died. 
Yes, she did. Um, she said that he was laying at her feet of the piano while she was writing it, sort of looking down on him. And this, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but this is my favorite song <gasps> on the whole album. Which oh my God. Maybe I'm not supposed to reveal that yet, but <gasps> I love it. Oh, wow. I, I like it. I think it's, it's cute. Maybe it'll grow on me more. I did ha- sort of have an epiphany today. Uh, folklore style? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it's folklore. Like folklore evermore. It is. My brain mixes them. But I, as I was biking, listening, I thought, oh, she thinks he's more deserving of the attention than she is. Like, she's the person who's the big star, right? She's the person that's a celebrity. But she's looking at her dog and saying, you're the one that's actually worthy Right. That's why I love it so much. And I think maybe it's just like an only child thing. But growing up, I had a dog that was like my best friend in the whole world. And he lived to be like 16. So we had him for like a very long time. And when I first heard this song, it made me like, it just hit me, I think, because I relate Mm. to it so much. And like, just the fact that she says, like, everyone knows you're too good for me. And like, you just want to greet other people all the time and i'm like a cheater and a liar and not that i think i'm a cheater and a liar but (laughs) i just love that sentiment that like your dog is just your best friend and yeah they just want to greet other people with such joy and they teach you that kind of joy and caring yeah i also had a dog that lived to be 16 that was my best friend his name was little bit what was yours your dog's name uh, my dog's name was george oh yes i wonder i can't think of any do you has anyone else written a surely someone's written a song for probably them? but i just loved the fact that i was like lord wrote a song like about me like i totally understand oh. this like i felt like my dog was the big star like he was everything and when she says like i want to take your picture till mm-hmm. i die i just <laughs> think that's so <laughs> sweet yeah. like she just wants to like admire him forever and i love how the spotify little like cover art behind Mm -hmm. the song is like a picture of her dog i mean you can like barely see the silhouette but you can still tell it's really obviously about him so yeah and in the little explanation part it pops up the pictures so cute i mean i freaking love my puppers they're so sweet and just oh so innocent and that's just the feeling you have with your pets of like, they don't know anything about the world, really. You know what I mean? Like their whole world is you coming home and doing whatever, like taking them on a walk or if it's a cat, like playing with them, whatever people do with cats. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love that sentiment that like, your little companion is like the big star in your life especially because she is famous and like you said she is the big star but she sees so much good in her pet and I don't know maybe people that don't have pets think that's super weird but (laughs) I just like I yeah I have loved a dog like that so I totally just really deeply understand where she's coming from yeah oh isn't it wild to think that Famous people's pets will never know anything about them or, you know, like Taylor Swift cats, right? They have no idea. They live with Taylor Swift. Or yeah, the that's fact crazy. That, like, none of our pets know our names. Oh, that's so true. 
Isn't that weird? Yeah, They live their whole lives with us and they never even, like if anything, our dogs think that we are mommy and daddy. Maybe that's totally weird, but we're like. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. You're like, Daddy's here. <laughs> yeah. We don't call each other mommy and daddy though. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. I'm sorry if you do that, but I. I, I don't really, I don't mean you specifically, I mean the listeners. I'm sorry, listeners, <laughs> this if you do podcast that, but I don't like a different like turn today. <laughs> Unexpected <laughs> one. I think it's so creepy when couples call each other mommy and daddy. It is a little creepy, yes. <laughs> uh, like to each other's faces. Yes. You know, not to your children. That's normal. Yeah. No, that's, that's strange. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Okay. So leader of the new regime, we're finally on to... Do you want to explain what this one is about? Um, well, this one, I think this is where I feel like it transitions away from her personal relationships back to like climate change and her growth and like maturity. I feel like this one is more of like a transition song and she's just trying to begin the completion of the album and mm-hmm. lead into those final like songs. Like an interlude Yes, I do feel like it's an interlude. And just sort of like longing for someone to take charge and like help to fix the climate crisis. Yeah, she said she really liked this idea of a pop star packing her dresses and her magazines and taking it to, you know, some this is like post-apocalyptic or like assuming the apocalypse is (laughs) global warming. Right. And everything has fallen apart and she's going to some island and everyone's going to start again. And they're looking for new political powers. I can't remember what the line is, what the lyric is, but I like where she's talking about uh, the old ones, like they've served their time. Yes, I think she's like really speaking to the new generation and like people around her age and saying like, we have to do something and we need somebody to take charge. Mm -hmm. AOC. Yes, I love AOC. (laughs) So... Any other thoughts on this one? Um, it's pretty short. It is really short. I mean, I, yeah, I think of it like an interlude mm-hmm. unless like one of my favorite songs. It's but. interesting that you said the thing about the phases because with that now I can kind of see it as like it starts very earth, very like solar power, bright vibes, right? But then it goes more into like the bad parts of climate change then it goes to her personal relationships, then back to the climate change, and then ends again on like the positive solar energy. Yes. Yeah. I feel like some albums, they sort of start at the beginning and they tell a story all the way to the end or like conclusion of a romantic relationship or something like that. But this one, it feels like the like vocal point of it kind of is in the middle when she's mm. talking about her romantic relationships and then it sort of goes out from there to like each end if that makes sense yeah yeah it does and so moving on to the next one is mood ring this is my absolute favorite wow i didn't absolute favorite that. i feel very strongly about it really yeah i mean i i love this one too i it's not in my top three but i did really like it when i first heard it i just love that it sort of has this like y2k pop feel i don't know it just re- really reminds me of like unwritten and yeah. like oh. that kind of whole <laughs> like era of music i don't know yeah i i can see that i love it because like i said i'm kind of trying to reconnect with you know uh, 
peace by like meditation and yoga and positive affirmations. And I find that that really helps me, especially going back to work and like feeling grounded. And I also have friends who have like crystals or do like, you know, pagan holidays and that type of thing. And so I love this song because it's like, yes, ladies, ladies, like witches, Come out from all the corners. Coven, I summon thee. Begin your sun salutations. Like, all yes, of us. I love, I it love so much. that energy. And I also love that she uses, like, we. And she does say, like, ladies. And it feels like she's talking to a whole group of women. And mm-hmm. I feel like this album feels so, like, female. It really mm-hmm. does. And I feel like melodrama and pure heroine didn't necessarily feel that way because maybe she wasn't valuing herself as much as she could have. Like she was just focusing so much about those like tumultuous romantic relationships and things like that. And this one is just like celebrating women and doing their sun salutations. But it's also like, oh, we feel this numbness. Like I need my mood ring to tell me how I'm feeling and I'm relying on these sort of forces of nature right but i feel like it's like because there's so much going on that you don't know how you're feeling it's not because like you can't connect to your feelings it's just overwhelming the amount of news and media that we get and horrible headlines like i also think it's interesting that she said that this song is meant to be satirical but also deeply empathetic and an attempt to understand like this new age culture because I feel like she does kind of live that. I don't know. I don't know if it's, I just feel that because of like other songs on the album or. Yeah, I don't know. But I do think this one strongly connects to like that new age thing and like pulling out all of your crystals. And I definitely get that sort of coven vibe from it, like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. And Marina's newest album is like she has an outfit that looks so similar to the one Lord wears in the solar power video i think it is the solar power one mm-hmm. yeah she's wearing like a yellow outfit I think. yeah like that yellow like top and skirt and marina has an outfit similar to that and she sings a song called uh a man's world where she talks about like reconnecting to the earth and like how <laughs> if women were in charge things would be different and i see a lot of similarities between those i don't even know i guess i guess both albums in general if you all haven't listened to marina you really need to yeah i'm gonna have to go listen to it now she's phenomenal everything she does is really brilliant commentary i love musicians who do social commentary which is why you know like i loved lily allen um growing up i guess you would say and i still love her a lot but people who can give really articulate commentary it's sometimes satirical or maybe a little bit humorous or playful or whatever but it's still really deep yes marina is one of those people so ladies begin your sun salutations transcendental in your meditations love and light that's my favorite Yes. The whole chorus, honestly. I never realized that she was saying love and light in the background until um, I looked it up today. And that just made it like that much better to me. I just love the idea of having like love and light in your life. This is the perfect song to start your day with. That's so true. Like do a positive affirmation 
short little podcast episode, couple couple minutes, and then put this song on and you're like, I am ready. Moving on into Oceanic Feeling. Yeah. This one's about her family. You can pretty obviously tell that when you listen to it because she talks about her brother and stuff and all the activities they do in New Zealand together. Uh, I guess I mostly like where... Well, actually, there's a lot of things I like about this song. Uh, I like that she talks about wondering about having kids and what they would be like. Yeah, that really surprised me when I first heard it. I had to look up the lyrics because I was like, did she she really just say, like, if I have a daughter? Like, I just, it's so strange because I think of Lord as 19-year-old Lord who's singing about, like, drinking yourself into oblivion and not wanting to feel anything and now she's talking about like having children and will she be like me and Mm -hmm. that was such a big point of maturity for me in this album right that's why i feel like this is like a couple years ago for me because it's like i started first asking those questions i don't know when exactly but a year several years ago now um and she's saying like Will will she? Um, did she say? Will she split a um, split a dab? What's the word? Dab. Oh yeah, dab. Yeah, she did say that. I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah, and then will she laugh under the stars like her mother? And those laugh sounds. It's amazing. The laughter that's included in the track. Oh, I didn't even realize there was laughter in the background. Now I'm gonna have to go back and like listen. Yeah, closely. it's phenomenal. That's why I'm saying it's like such an experience as an album. Like yeah, she really thought through what all the sounds were, which makes sense because she's has synesthesia. Like all of it has to be a cohesive color for her, whatever that looks like, you know? I wish I could see what her songs look like in colors, but she also said that this album is bookended by two songs written just by her. I think that's such a nice sentiment. And you can really feel that just really ends the album, like wrapping everything up, like her love life. She's not talking directly about like global warming and that threat, but she is talking about like just being in nature and trying to feel like everything is going to be okay. And it was scary. And I just think it's so interesting that this album she's ending saying, I just had to breathe and uh, tune in. I'm trying, uh, taking it one year at a time. Mm-hmm. When Perfect Places was just like, I just want to forget everything and like drown in my sorrows and be with my friends. You know, yeah. I think this is such a different tone from yeah. that album, like drastically different. Yeah. Like you were talking about the path being a new path for her. This one ends with the reference to the cherry black lipstick. She says, now the cherry black lipstick is gathering dust in the drawer, which is obviously a reference to the lipstick she wore when she first was famous during heroin era. Yes. In a way, that line made me so sad. Um, (laughs) Even though I know it's like a sign of her maturity and growth. I was like, oh, but I loved that Lord. Like I was obsessed with her cherry black lipstick and um the, like the way she carried herself yeah. in 2014 lord it's it's so funny i saw like a tweet about it was a picture of her from 2014 with like the black lipstick on and it was like um what do you think future lord would think about 2014 lord like would they get in a fight <laughs> and i just think that's so interesting like they're so different from each other and it made me a little bit sad that she left that era behind but i do love this song and the note that it sort of well it makes you sad because you're still mourning your childhood 
Yes, that's true. Because you're closer to it. You know what I mean? Well, well, here I am just like telling you. <laughs> Let me psychoanalyze you, Jim. Well, <laughs> analyze no, you, I mean, it's true. Like that album is so much nostalgia for me. So I think right. that's why I'm like, oh, I don't want to leave that era behind. I understand though. Like I always really love the songs that connect to childhood. So... Um, you're a seven stan (laughs) yes and never grow up um the best day all of those so i also was just thinking about how i think this song totally encapsulates the album and is the perfect closer because it has elements of all the different themes we just talked about so for example when she says slide the knife under the skin uh grateful for this offering she's talking about you know eating fish that's like the whole cultish vibes but also like reverence to the earth she talks about family which is like the song big star and other mentions of like reconnecting with people she's all out in nature there's references to romance her talking to her brother is like her secrets to a girl reminiscent of that like i feel like this song has elements of all the songs yeah, I feel like she's never really mentioned her family ever before. Maybe she has. I just like don't remember specifically. But this was just so surprising to me that she mm. was talking about her family. And even when I heard the line from the man with the axe about like her lover having the same records as her father, I you know I just never heard her right. talk about anything like that before. So that was so much mm. different. She said in a, some type of interview that she felt like this whole album was about like being grounded and stuff. And so it didn't make sense to not include friends and family in that, you know? Yeah. I think that's so nice because um, in the past she didn't really reference specific people. She just would sort of be talking to one person that you think was her lover or something like that. You just never really knew. And now she's saying so specifically, or like even in dominoes when she says like, I heard you were like doing yoga with, Uma Thurman's Thurman's brother like she's getting so specific and in the past it was like a lot more ambiguous and dramatic and I don't know I just like that she's being really truthful in this one yeah in dominoes you know how it's that uh or like organic or like noises in the background organic feeling yeah I feel like you also see that in oceanic feeling with like the laughter type thing like there really are elements of all the songs in it Yeah, there are. And she said in the Zane Lowe interview that she wanted it to really sort of replicate the New Zealand, like Mm. being in nature Mm -hmm. and like the cicadas they have there. Yeah. That was a big thing for her was like those kind of sounds. And we do have those kind of sounds where we live. So I totally understand like what she was trying to capture. She makes me want to go to New Zealand and she makes me want to buy a mood ring. Oh, yes. Am I the only one that wants to buy a mood ring? No, now? I seriously the other day was about to buy a mood yeah. ring. I was thinking yeah. about how I want to buy one just because of her. Because I haven't had so one much. since I was like 10. Yeah, so. yeah, of course not. And they would turn your finger green because you never like you'd need to get like a nice mood ring. I'm allergic to everything, so I would have to. Uh, but she I I also read on one of the Spotify things that she said that cicadas when they were driving around New Zealand, like looking for beaches to film and like just to take pictures for the album that cicadas when when they make their sound when they buzz hiss i don't know <laughs> i don't know what the F cicadas do that meant the sun was going to come back out because it was raining a lot right oh wow that's nice i have not heard that before so i typically think of cicadas as really annoying because you know 
Oh, Lord. Have you been around for one of those? Yes. Where they I come have. around like one of those seasons when they all come out? Yes, everywhere. it's terrible. It's <laughs> it's awful. I'm not a bug person, so I hate when the cicadas like hatch. But definitely the cicada sounds like surround us all the time. It makes me like like it more. <laughs> yes, it does. I hear them as I'm going to sleep. Like we're kind of have woods behind us. And also I heard one today and biked right past it as I was listening to this album. They're so weird? loud. Yeah, I mean, it's not that weird, probably. There's cicadas in a lot of places, but... No, but that's cool. Mm. And then we should probably also mention that there's two bonus tracks, which are called Helen of Troy and Hold No Grudge. So we haven't listened to those. No, I need to figure out how to listen to it. I'm pretty sure they're only on Apple Music, and I don't have Apple Music, so maybe there's like... A secret version on YouTube somewhere. Um, yeah, or maybe she'll someone's... release a deluxe edition of the album at some yeah, point. That's what I'm thinking or hoping for. Yeah, I think so as well. <sighs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Honestly, thank you you're for having me. Great guest. You have so much information to provide and just like keep the conversation going. That was awesome. Well, I'm a big Lord fan and I've been. Well, you're a music fan so in long. general. You know a lot about a lot of artists and musicians. I and weirdly you go to do. a lot of shows and like that's like your thing. Yes, it is. Well, art in general, I guess, too. And I'm a big Swifty, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you listen to most our episodes? Yes, I have listened to most of them because I was so excited when Fearless came out. And I've been a Taylor Swift fan um, like since day one. Like I have the debut CD and I remember seeing her on Radio Disney. Like I usually with artists for some reason i will become obsessed with them very early on mm -hmm. and then i'm just like a big fan and with lord it was really just like chance that i had heard her album playing in my dad's car and yeah he, i think i heard her on the radio yeah it was crazy because everyone knows royals yeah because it was so big but um i think that i heard tennis court was the first one like that i heard when the album came out because it's the first track and i immediately thought it was so weird because at the time I was only listening to like Taylor Swift and Jonas Brothers and yeah things like that and I was like this is so strange but I want more she kind um, of reset she really did like I if never you think about it like Billie Eilish came after and like a lot of that like darker uh electro pop I mean Ellie Golding, but she was she was more like bubblegum pop but, sort of. I well, don't know. near the end, like I've, I, she used to be one of my favorites. And now I feel like it's like <laughs> a bit too mainstream. I don't know. I still love her. But like in her original days, it was kind of grungy, but also poppy, electronic-y or whatever. But still very different. I feel like we've talked about on the show when I was doing the Sour album review, how... <sighs> that you sort of see elements of Lord, you see elements of Taylor, like you see elements of these big players oh, for who sure. have yes. shifted music, you know? I do love Olivia Rodrigo as well. <laughs> but yes, I think that Lord was just really very influential because I had never heard any kind of electronic pop like that that was it was really experimental too like some of it people were like, This is so weird. I don't like it. There's some weird noises happening. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like, oh, Lord understands me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I felt like Taylor Swift understood me, too, when 
she released 1989 and I was obsessed with style because it was about Harry Styles. But yeah. I don't know, something about Lord and just like how raw and like truthful she mm-hmm. is. I just loved it. Yeah, she's really a writer in the dark. <laughs> <Not> the <laughs> Can pun. you handle Can you handle it? Um she also mentions in this album having a little bit of anxiety to like she talks about I can't remember something about festivals having anxiety and then you see that now she's not doing that anymore she's just doing these small shows yes she also says something about having like a handful of songs that hurt to play or Mm. are difficult to play something like that I don't remember the specific lyric but yeah that was really interesting to hear and kind of sad to hear because I just sort of assumed that she wanted to have her privacy and go back to New Zealand and do her thing but it also would make sense why she wants to do these smaller venues and just be more intimate with the audience and not worry about like how much money she's going to be making, how many tickets well, she, she doesn't sells. need to now. Well, right? yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I just think that's really nice that she's going to do it in smaller venues for audiences to really see and hear her up close. Yeah, it's going to be a wild experience. Because how many people will fit in one of those venues? I think the one I'm going to is like 5,000. Okay. Um, and like for reference, Harry Styles is playing like sixteen thousand. Yeah. So and Lord could play that big. Oh, for I mean, sure. she is that big. So it's substantially smaller. I mean, the place where I'm seeing her, um, I saw Bonnie Vare play there. So mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah, like y'all, I'm telling you, she listens to music. <laughs> I do. <laughs> big music fan. Well, you all have to look out because big things are coming from Juliana. Hopefully we can have you back on the show at some point. Well, thank you. But also your art, you're going to do great stuff. Like you are incredibly talented in the performing arts and instruments, music, singing, dancing. (laughs) I mean, you really are like the, you know what I mean? Oh, yes. Very well-rounded arts person and so i'm excited to see what you're gonna do i think it'll probably be you're thinking maybe animation yeah or films. like illustration something like that i don't know yet but yeah i want to work for in, disney soon i hope so i don't know <laughs> but thank you so much and thank you for making our wonderful design and well logo. thank you for having me it was so fun all right we'll say bye bye everyone not to each other to the listener okay bye listeners bye